0: Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. Anybody ever have a tough time following Jesus in some manner? The rest of you need to go to honesty class. Uh, (laughs) Hey, we've been establishing this since the beginning of this series. The... When when Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me, it was not an invitation to a tea party. There There was an understanding that he was trying to get across to us that there are going to be aspects of the life of following me that are tough, but you've got me on your side. And and so you always have heaven for you in the midst of a broken world and all that goes with it. So our series goal has been focusing on those major aspects of, of our faith, our belief of, of being disciples uh, in, in following Jesus um, that, that are challenging yet rewarding. Like Jesus talks about in the Beatitudes, the series we did prior to this. You, you do this, you be this, and, and my Father will give that and provide that and, and do that for you. So so in the midst of being like Jesus, there's a blessing that comes with it, but, but being like Jesus is tough because he went to the cross, which we're going to celebrate later with communion. He went to the cross to forgive humanity of their sin. And And it's especially tough with the battle that takes place in our soul uh, with with our spirit that's tied to Jesus and our flesh that will one day find its end as we live in the, in the forever after and eternity with him. So our big idea of the entire series until the very last week, which you'll need to be here for week seven, is it'll cost you. Following Jesus will cost you. But but anything that ever cost you that you really, really wanted and loved is worth it. It just, it did cost you. Main reasons that it's tough to live generously that we're talking about today as a a true disciple of Jesus is number one, we have our flesh and our flesh wants what it wants. So there's always gonna be uh, those demands and that battle there. We have an enemy named Satan who works against believers uh, in Jesus, who follow him and and he 's the most selfish, most prideful, hateful being ever He hates that you are the object of god 's affection, and at the same time he wants you to 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 follow the things he lays before you, and then he wants to to mess your life up because of it too. Um, he wants to see you suffer. the world, like I said, is broken it says Hey, you need to live your life with this. I deserve. They owe me. You better give that to me. That's what the world feeds us. And, and at the same time, it says, serve yourself above all else. Now, the main reason that we can live generously, we have the Holy Spirit. John 14. Jesus says, the world can't have him, but you follower of mine, believer in me. You get him 100%, 24-7, until the end of your life here on earth, and then you get to exist with all the saints and the Trinity God forever. Jesus says he'll teach you, he'll remind you, the Holy Spirit will empower you, and he'll give you peace in the midst of whatever it is that, that Jesus asks of us. That that's what we get on our side, uh, and that's why, yes, it's tough, but at the same time, it is it is very doable as we are led by the Spirit, which is why, why one of our core values here is being Spirit-led, because we know that He's the one given to us salvation to help us live this life to look and sound like Jesus. So generosity that we're talking about today, it's, it's really something that's born out of trust. We... we we trust that god's in control of everything including our lives we we trust that he's truly for us that everything is his and and that you're his favorite and we we trust his word cuz he's never gone back on it he's never failed he's never lied he's never fought. he's never had an issue of following through he's he's trustworthy but at the same time we're we still have this humanity with us so it's like oh. Kind of like those kids that are like, you know, you, you buy. anybody ever buy your kids a big thing of candy, maybe something in a bag, like a gummies or something? I'm a gummy fan. And you give it to them, and then you're like, hey, can I have one? And they're like, what? Those are mine. I'm like, but I, I bought those for you. And they're like, but they're mine. I can't give up one. It's like, there's 37 in there. Your dad who bought you this and is the only shot at ever buying another one? You can't give me one. I'll give you a lemon. Oh, I don't want lemon, you know? We, humanity in us, because it's a broken world, and because of sin, humanity's selfish. And so we have to have this, number one, we have to grow out of it, but we also have to grow into trust so that we can live a generous life. So Paul writes to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, which we're gonna be in most of the time today. He, he tells us, in 2 Corinthians 8, about this call to generous living in verses 1 through 9. And he writes this, "'Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, "'what God in His kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. "'They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. "'But they are also filled with abundant joy, "'which is overflowed in rich generosity.'" For I can testify they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. Michael's talking about sacrifice. That's what he's saying here. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing and the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So we've urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish the ministry of giving. Listen to this. He's encouraging them. He's saying, since you excel, church, in many ways, in your faith, in your gifted speakers, in your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. Paul is equating faith, preaching, Knowledge of the word, enthusiasm, that charisma, that joy that flows from us, and love. He equates generosity with faith, love, joy, charisma, preaching, and studying the word. And he says it's all equal, so excel in it. I'm not commanding you to do this, but I'm testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of other churches. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that by his poverty he could make you rich. In verse 2, Paul's saying, hey, the Macedonian church had very little, but but in that they overflowed in rich generosity and had abundant joy in doing it. And then in verse 3, he says, it does need to be sacrificial at times. It it reminds me of King David, what... What he showed us in, in his humility during this time where he had sinned and God forgave him greatly from this pride-filled sin. He said, I want to I give something to the Lord that, that cost me something. His humility and his repentant lifestyle led him to be, be generous. In 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel 24, verse 24, he says this, I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have cost me nothing. He lived a repentant life, so he gave from a thankful heart. And he wanted it to be from a place of sacrifice. He wanted it to cost him something, not to, not to earn something, not to say, hey, God, this costs me. What do I get? He wasn't giving to get. He was living to give. That was his lifestyle. He, he wanted to be invested in what God was doing and be able to say, hey, What's going on here, God? What, what are you up to here right now with me and my people? How can I be a part of that in the best way? Because you're such a good God. Out of my thankfulness and gratitude, I want to I wanna generously give to you. And the guy in the story, he's like, I'll give you the field, David. You're David. And he's like, no, no, no. I want it to cost me something because I'm, I'm responding to a God who gave me everything. In verse four, Paul goes on to, to tell us about how generosity is ministry. So, so, in the next chapter, Paul tells us more about, about what this living generously means as far as ministry goes, and in chapter 9, verses 6 through 15, he says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. Makes sense. But one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Makes sense. You must decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So he's saying, hey, what you give is how you'll be blessed back by God in, in whatever way God decides that. But don't do that because someone forces you to. In your heart, in your mind, say, this is what I want to give. This is what I'm excited about giving. God loves a cheerful giver. So give it all you got. He goes on to say, God will generously provide all you need. Then you'll always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, He will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, get this, they will thank God. As we give and those gifts get taken and used, those people will thank God, is what Paul's saying. It's a a principle. Not to find out where I was. Hang on, anybody remember? 13, good job. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. In verse six, Paul's saying, hey, giving generously, which in the the original Greek, that generous giving in verse 6 means give with blessings. So you give it going, oh, this is I get to do this. That's what he's saying. You give with blessings. So it blesses both the giver and the receiver. In verse 8, he says, "God will generously provide all you need." This is why we can trust him. Because He's a God who comes through, He's a God who takes care of his kids. You're his son, you're his daughter, you're his favorite, you're his child, you're the apple of his eye. All those things the scriptures tell us. That's who you are, so a good dad is going to take care of his kids, and he's going to be especially mindful as we give sacrificially because he's like, "I know that cost my son. I know that cost my daughter, so I'm going to bless them I'm going to bless them in, in, in kind. Because the bigger we give, the more he blesses us. Now, I'm never going to be a prosperity gospel guy. That's just not me. I don't get it. But I know this. The prosperity that's really the prosperity gospel is God blesses our lives. It has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with money. We have a van that just won't break down. I don't know. Sometimes I wish it would. But <laughs> you're like, Lord, it broke. Son, you drove it into a post. Well, no. No. Uh, Right, but he might it might bless you with your tires. They're bald as can be, but you know they just keep flying. You know, your kids don't get that sick. They go to the doctor for the checkup, and that's about it. I don't know. Or he may just drop a windfall on you and be like, "Wow, I wasn't expecting a raise, but I got double." Yeah, God is what He is and who He is and does what He wants. But the principle is this: He blesses us as we. Jeremy's saying that he's like, "Yes." I get you. Hey, boss, Uh, we'll see what God says. Uh, He's a a generous God. We're going to celebrate later the most generous sacrificial act in history, A, a God who became a man and lived a perfect life and died in our place so that we could have eternity forgiveness of sin relationship with him by just saying, yes, I open up the gift and accept it. That's the kind of God he is. If he gave Jesus to us, why would he stop and and why would he be like, well, I gave him Jesus, I'm not going to give him anything else. No, I gave him the best, so I'm just going to fill in the blanks until then. That's the kind of God he is. Generosity shows your love of God because of how he's transformed your life. It's a response. You did this for me. You've done this in me. You, you continue to, to minister and, and grow me and cover me and protect me and, and bless my life. So I just, I just want to give back to you in whatever way that is. And we're not talking just finances because we're going to get to it in a little bit, but we use it all the time. Time, talents, and treasure. That's what we're talking about. We are blessed, provided for by God, to be a blessing and provide for others. So those time that time, those talents, and that treasure—what we're talking about there is time. Time is equal to serving. It's really kind of sweat equity. So this is sometimes time and 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 talents kind of kind of blend and bleed over, and that's okay. That's not a bad thing. But but in essence, it's it's serving. It's it's kids ministry. It's 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 youth group. It's uh, greeting people on on a Sunday, even though you're going to sweat. Until we stop being 100 degrees, uh, it's it's serving meals at funerals and Wednesday Night Live and any other uh, you know event that we do where we have meals. It's it's using your skills to to remodel a house back here so that teen moms can can live there and raise their kids and change the trajectory of their lives forever. That's that's the time that we're talking about: giving of yourself to do. Something that's probably going to be a part of a team in some way. A ministry team, a, a serving team, uh, a, a building team, a maintenance team, whatever it might be. Now, talents is more of the, the gifting to the abilities God's given you. That's where we, we it's, it's more of being a part of ministry. God created you with the specific ability to play guitar or lead people to. To host things. I mean, the Bible tells us that hospitality is a gift of the Spirit. It's a special gift. Not everyone can host. If you can host and you think, oh, anyone can do it, you're wrong. You can do it and a lot of people can't because it's a special gift that God's given them. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you're great with finances. Maybe you just love praying for people. That's your talent ministering to someone. And then there's, The treasure, that's our money and our resources. Everyone can give, everyone should give. Everyone should be consistently faithful to give, but give what you wanna give and be joyful about that. Paul tells us that when we do, needs will be met in others' lives and, and people will live thankful because of it. Your faithful giving helps people to go, thank you, God. I see it all the time in here, especially when it's a benevolence setting, and you can tell maybe some that come in and it's a rough life, or it's a rough moment, or it's a rough year, and, and a, lot of that, a lot of the times they've, they've certainly lived certain ways to, to kind of bring themselves to that broken part. Uh, sometimes it's circumstances, and sometimes they bring the circumstances into their life. But, but as we lovingly bless them, man, they're just so thankful. They have no idea that you're the one that gave so their utility bill could be paid. But they're certainly thankful for it. We need to give our money with joy, Paul says. God loves a cheerful giver. Paul says don't do it if you get upset about it. And, and I would say this. Paul didn't say this. I will. Uh, if you get upset about giving, you probably need to have some time by yourself talking to Jesus. You just, you need to figure that out. You got to figure that out. Now, I can help you, but it's really, it's between you and Jesus. I'll pray with you, I'll, I'll counsel you, I'll, I'll share with you, but, but I know this, if I'm begrudging in my giving to the kingdom, I, I got some issues in my heart in being a disciple. Um, so I need to make it right with Jesus and get things right with Jesus. We serve in and from our church. That's, that's the way God's designed it. First and foremost, we're called to, to have a church family and then be a part of serving from or in that church family. That's the way it's designed. That's what Paul's talking about here. And as followers of Jesus, every saved person is an automatic minister of the gospel. By by being a believer, you get the Holy Spirit in you, and if you have the Spirit of the living God in you, you're a minister, because he's the best. He's the guide, he's the comforter, he's the counselor, he's the one who empowers us, so you've got that in you, so you're a minister. Whether you believe that or not, as a believer, you're a minister. So, So generously give away that talent to the glory of God and the blessing of others. And here's the thing, if, if you wonder where to serve or where to minister, talk to one of us pastors. We can give you a hundred places right off the top of our heads. And, and I'm not saying that like jokingly, but like we can help you find a place. I mean, if it's, I want to do underwater basket weaving, well, we'll, you know, we'll probably put you to the, towards the quilt ministry, but that's the closest we got, right? But so don't be that specific. Uh, but if you want to minister and, and you want to serve on a team, we can help you find that. In John 12, verses 24 through 26, our Savior, our King, Jesus, he, he tells us uh, about, about how we give our lives away for whatever purpose God designs, desires, and to whatever end that is. And he's talking about what he's about to do with giving his life holy. But he's also giving us a principle. You've got to live this, with this mindset that you give just to give. And he says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. Anyone who wants to be my disciple must follow me because my servants must be where I am and the Father will honor anyone who serves me." You follow Jesus by acting like Jesus, and you're either a person who, who, who is, you know, generously living for the sake of the kingdom and the good news of Jesus, or you're still living for your own sake and, and for what the world's feeding you. and 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 the culture around you and what it, what it gives you as far as news goes. We have the good news and then we've got any other news that's not the good news. Culture, society, this world, the enemy, they will always give us their news and it's always gonna have selfishness and negativity attached to it. I wanna tell you a story about uh, something the, the principle the Lord taught me years ago when I was, I was actually a missionary in Fiji 1990 I was living there for about three and a half months. It was my first long-term mission trip. I was poor as a dirt mouse because I was with YWAM, which means youth youth with a mission, but we always joked youth without any money Um, because we didn't have any and had been there a while. I didn't go with much. I still had about 20 bucks on me. Um, Of course, we were on an island where you didn't have any stores or electricity, so it wasn't like you could buy anything, but I was hoping to find a Coca-Cola one day instead of a thumbs up pineapple soda that was not fizzy and put in dirty bottles. Uh, It was kind of gross. But... So, a friend of mine and I had gotten close to this one family, and we met them when the mom was really sick. They were a Hindu family, an Indian family that lived there, and three little kids, and the mom died early on while we were there, and, and I, just, I just felt compelled to do something for them. To, I felt like the Holy Spirit was urging me to be generous with them, but I'm like, I don't have much. I, I don't have much money, and I'm just me. I'm like a goofball college kid. And what do I know? So we're eating, uh, I think we were probably eating, we didn't eat much meat there, so we are probably eating like mango curry or something that night with them. And my friend Patrick and I were there. He, he and I were on the, the team together. He was much wiser and, and uh, a lot closer to Jesus than I was. And so I'm telling him about this. And he said, Scott, just give away what's in your hand. And I'm like, but it's not much. Like, they don't have a mom. We live in a, th- we're in a third world country their dad catches crabs by hand for a living. That's all, he, that's all he does. And he's like, give away what's in your hand. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. So I had a $20 bill, and I, I gave him my $20 bill, knowing that it would probably take him forever to be able to go exchange it. But, you know, it was what it was. I, I knew that, that as far as time goes, I could just spend time with him. I could love on him, become his friend, and love on those kids that lost their mom and may not ever have any kind of a a maternal setting in in their home, but I, I I could love on them there. So I spent hours loving on them. And then I knew this as far as ministry goes. I knew Jesus, and they followed however many Hindu gods they followed, so I could give them Jesus until the last moment I was on that island with them. And so I did. So I gave them what was in my hand. $20 was in my hand financially. Time was in my, my ability. It took about 20 minutes to walk to their house every day. Uh, no mode of transportation. So it was just walking. But you know what? 40 minutes of back and forth walking was worth loving on that family. And then I knew Jesus. That was in my hand. And I could give them that. And here's the thing. They followed other gods when I met them. They found Jesus along the way and they were so thankful to our team for loving them and showing them the truth of Jesus, even as the whole village kind of loved on them, but we loved on them and then we loved on them with Jesus as the truth, as the way, as the life. And they came to know Jesus and follow him. And and so they they were thankful. Just like Paul said, you live generously and they will thank God for it. I got to see it in that moment. I don't know, you don't always get to see it, but I got to, I got to see it. And it, here's the thing, it cost me something. It, Jesus got the glory, and they were incredibly thankful to him for saving him, but it did cost me something, but at the same time, it was totally worth it. You can't put a price on four people following Jesus for 20 bucks and some of my time and giving away the Jesus I knew in my heart. You can't put a price on that. It's not always that way. Sometimes we just give and we don't see the results and sometimes we get to see the fullness of the fruit that that is, you know, that is grown. What a blessing. So I want to take a moment to pray before I finish with uh, one story, actually two stories. And I want want us to ask God, where, where do I need to give? Of my time, of my talents, of my treasure, where do I need to give? Or God, where do I need to start giving sacrificially. One of our core values is that we sacrificially and generously love, serve, and give both here and abroad. That is who we are at Hill Country Fellowship. It really is who a believer should be wherever they are. No matter what church they belong to, no matter what nation they live in, every, every believer should sacrificially and generously love, serve, and give in their Jerusalem home and then abroad across the world. But I want to pray for a moment before I, before I wrap it up. So would you just close your eyes with me? Holy Spirit, you are our counselor. You guide us. So would you show us, each one of us individually or a family, show us where we need to give our time, where we need to give our talents, where we need to give our treasure. And then, like you always do, would you help us to see that come to fruition? We trust you in this. In your name we pray, amen. You know, the boy that, that gave his fish and loaves to Jesus, we read about it in all four Gospels. Um, from what we can tell, that was all he had on him. I don't know if he had a lot of money, he probably didn't, he probably didn't have any more food or else we would have heard about it. But, but this is literally all the boy had and he, he gave, expecting it to be used by Jesus for something, but... But not being the one to tell Jesus what to do with it. He gave to help someone named Jesus bless a lot of others, but, but, he had, but he had no ownership in it. He just said, my ownership is giving it away. I own it no longer. He just said, here you go. He gave what was in his hand. It'll cost you something to be generous. It'll take some of your time. It'll take using your talents or giving your talents away, uh, you know, in, in a ministry setting, and it'll cost you your treasure, whatever those resources are. But if you're living a generous life, I would say this keep on giving and always be on the look for more opportunities that the Holy, put, Holy Spirit puts before you to join in. When the Holy Spirit says, right there, give, give, be a part of that. Give that hundred bucks in your wallet. Give. You'd be a part of that team. They need somebody. Serve in the kids' ministry Wednesday nights or kids' ministry Sunday nights. or Man, you, you need to give, you need to give and, and just mow the lawns for the church, whatever it might be. And if you'd say to yourself, I need to change and, and respond in my heart to what Jesus did for my heart, just start somewhere. Be joyful in it. Watch what God does with a yielded life in you and from you. It's one of the reasons Michael talked about the financial peace class that we're doing starting in a couple weeks. It helps us to start somewhere and give. Malachi 3 is a a famous passage for for, uh, God just challenging us to be generous and be giving. And... And it's really an opportunity for us to to learn how to move towards generous living. Tim Keller writes this, talking about Malachi 3. He's a, a famous pastor that passed away recently and just a brilliant man of God. He says, be gutsy. It might take a while to get where you need to be and it might make your eyes bulge a bit as you start, but you will get there. And three things will happen with generous living. Number one, you'll receive far more than you'd ever imagine. That's what Malachi 3 verses 10 through 12 tells us. God says, put me to the test in your generosity and I'll give you blessings you simply cannot imagine would come. And here's the thing, if I live this way, closed fist, God cannot put blessings inside of my fist. I have to open up my hand and give what's in it. And then God in his faithfulness and in the way he does things, he will fill it with blessings to bless me, bless those around me, to give away more. I don't know what it is, but he cannot put blessings inside a clenched fist. So open up your hand. You'll also find as you live generous, you won't worry about money. Will you still think about it sometimes? Of course, you gotta pay bills and do this and do that and all that, but you won't worry about money. It It will not take up space in your mind and own you. And the most importantly is you'll showcase Jesus. You will... Love, you will act, you will react, and you will respond and live like Jesus. You'll sound like him, and people will look at you and be like, that looks like that guy I hear about from The Chosen, or when I go to church on Easter, or or where I grew up going. You'll be a Christian, a little image of Christ. Would you stand with me? I'm gonna pray, and then as I close, we're gonna hand out communion during this next song. Take that communion and hold on to it. Pastor Rusty's going to come up at the end of the song and lead us in communion. So Jesus, I pray a blessing over your people today. And as you live the most generous, giving, loving, sacrificial life ever, help us to be like you in our generosity and our sacrifice to love, serve, and give wherever we can. We worship you now and look forward to taking communion. In a moment. Amen. For more messages and full services, visit hcfvernant.org or the Church Center app and connect with us on social media.